Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum Radio Show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to answer life's hard questions the same way Jesus did. I have two young men in the studio with me today that I have known for a long time, David and Josiah Thomas. They have been close friends of my own children for many years, and they have become dear friends of our whole family. They have both been raised in the faith. They've both been primarily homeschooled, but also attended some public school classes, and they are both active in youth ministry leadership today. David and Jojo, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you. Transitioning to a little bit more of the apologetics focus, you both grew up in the church. When do you first remember facing hard questions about your own faith that you needed help in answering? That's a really good question. Honestly, probably at around the age of 11. That is when I first remember having my first doubts, which is actually kind of ironically the time when I felt like I started to grow in my faith. I remember asking the question around then, like, wait, how do I know that God is actually real? I mean, that's kind of when I started to look into these answers for myself. Hmm. Yeah, I would say that I didn't doubt as much as early on as David. At about, like, same age, like 11, I started, like, paying more attention and being like, okay, what is this? Like, I need to, like, pay attention and figure out, like, what actually is, like, Christianity, like, talking about. But I wouldn't say I really, like, had doubts. I was just listening at that point, and I think it probably took a little bit longer until, like, 13, 14 to really start questioning things and Hmm. having doubts. And when you guys face those questions, did you tend to face them alone? Did you try and engage your friends? Did you engage your family? Did you engage your church or your parents? Yeah, well, I remember the first time I told anyone, and I told Josiah, like, like, what if God isn't real? And he said, David, how could you think that? (laughs) (laughs) So not because of that, but just because I felt like at that age, I didn't really know that other people were struggling with the same mm, thing. Mm. I kept it inside for a few years at least. So, mm. yeah, just kind of internally struggling with that without bringing it into the light. Mm. Tell me about the apologetics training that you've had since then. Do you feel like you've gotten good answers? Do you feel like you're still wrestling through some things? What's your journey been like? Um, I feel like we've gotten some answers, or I have gone to several apologetic conferences, a lot of classes at home and just conversations with my parents about questions and about theology and about God. And so I would say a lot of my questions have been answered, but definitely not all. There are definitely still things that I'm thinking about and questions that I still have. Hmm. And what things do you think are helpful and what things are not so helpful? If you said to your parents or your friends or whatever, and you're like, hey, I'm kind of having these questions, and they're like, well, Josiah, you just need to read the Bible more. You just need to believe harder. You just need to try harder. Would that be helpful or not so helpful? Not as helpful. I think there is a time that we need to be reminded to renew our minds and get into the Word, and that is a lot of times how we learn. 
and figure things out because there's a lot of things that are clear in the word and we'll obviously have a lot more doubts and questions and struggling if we're not actually like listening to what God's saying. Yeah. Does it help for if the input is, hey, you need to read the Bible more, maybe start in Romans or there's a chapter in 1 Corinthians or I think if you go back to Genesis, that would be helpful. Is it helpful if people give you that suggestion of going to the Word, but then give you a few hooks to get you started? Or is it better if they say, hey, just kind of freewheeling, go figure it out? To be honest, I don't as much actually appreciate like when I have a question when they just like recommend a book or Mm. recommend go read something. Because that tells me like you're not actually putting the effort in to actually answer my question. And you're just telling me that you think there's an answer somewhere else, but you're not wanting to say it because you think that. Okay, it's it's more helpful when somebody comes alongside you and says, hey, here's a thought or here's a concept or here's a principle that might apply to what you're going through. Yeah, that or even just being like, okay, that's a good question. I don't have a full answer. I'll look into it and get back to you. That's, that's probably a more helpful answer to me. Cool. I'm a little bit different than Josiah in that way. I think that I'm a little bit more logically driven. He's maybe a little bit more emotionally driven, and that's not a put down or anything. We're just different in that Mm -hmm. way. So when I have these questions, I love to dive into a book that talks about the question or just have a deep intellectual talk about that question. That helps me. It's not one size fits all. Everyone has a different way of answering and processing these questions. So it's interesting as fraternal twins that you're very different. Have you found it helpful because you're different to process these things together? Or do you typically seek out more logic-driven people to process with? And Josiah, you seek out more emotionally-driven people to process with? Or is it good to kind of get a balance of a different perspective than your own? Yeah, I'd say it's good to get a balance different than your own. I think that a lot of times I kind of get into this logic mode where I'm just thinking logically and Josiah can help me kind of think about how others might feel about this or um, like if I'm trying to make a decision that will impact other people, Jojo sometimes is a little bit more in tune with how this could impact the feelings of someone. So I think it's definitely helpful for me at least. That's cool. And then a lot of times I feel like David has more insights and thoughts and that's often helpful for me Mm. trying to figure out my questions so i guess it is a balance that's pretty cool i hadn't thought about that before that god has given you both a gift of someone who's very close to you but who's very different can you think of a topic or a question that you guys have wrestled through either recently or in the past that would help our listening audience to kind of understand what a process might look like for something that you guys are wrestling with. David, how you might approach it. Josiah, how you might approach it. And then maybe how you guys would approach it together. One question that we, as a family together, have wrestled through a lot is just the sovereignty of God and how that relates to our lives. But I think that the way that we processed it does illustrate how we help each other in that we read a few books on it. And pretty quickly, I came to, I guess, an intellectual place that I felt was right. But I think that it didn't sit as well with Josiah emotionally, Mm -hmm. even though maybe intellectually he sees, okay, like that makes sense. 
but still emotionally, like it doesn't feel right to me. And so I think we just process that a lot differently. So yeah, Jojo. For me, I guess I'll just give an example. Lately, I've been struggling with this question. Well, I've looked into it and it's clear that the Bible was written by all men and the councils were all men who picked the book and it has themes of like wives submitting to your husbands and about women teaching in the church and I've just been wrestling with that and I guess how I've done that I actually haven't talked to David a lot about it yet but I've talked to several different pastors who are on different spectrums of the issue right and I guess that's just been a way I've gone about it it's still not like resolved in my mind I still don't really feel like I understand it or even have my own perspective yet yeah it starts with just like maybe a little bit of uncomfortableness emotionally about something or about line of reasoning and then that makes me feel like I need to go figure it out. And so I go do something. I go yeah. ask questions. I ask people who who do feel like they know. That's good. Well, I am glad that you guys are in a family and a culture and and a church where you can ask the questions. Because I know that mm-hmm. there are some churches that say, look, if you have questions, don't talk about them. If you have doubts, suppress them. Don't let anybody know. Mm -hmm. I think one, that's very unhealthy, especially for youth. And two, I don't think it's biblical. And so I think it's awesome that you guys are still, even though you're active in your faith and fruitful in walking with the Lord, you are still honest and saying, hey, there's still some things that I don't know and still some things that bother me about what I'm learning about God and about myself. I think that's super important. Several people close in my life who I've seen walk away from the faith have walked away because they felt like they had so many questions unanswered. And I think that that's honestly one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, that young people today walk away from the faith is because they feel like they have all these questions, and for some reason or another, they just don't get answers to them. Maybe it's that they feel like they can't share, or they feel like they'll get shamed for having these doubts and questions. If the church handles these questions right and allows youth to ask these questions and find answers, it can actually, I've found in my life, make your faith a lot stronger just to wrestle through these things, to have these periods where you feel really uncomfortable and feel like sometimes maybe even angry at God because you just don't understand. But ultimately, it's like Jacob wrestling with God. Ultimately, you're going to come away with something afterwards. Yeah, that's that's a great example. Did you have something? You want oh, yeah. I, I think I've been learning lately that I guess it's a distinction, but it's important that just because I don't understand something or I don't understand why something is happening or I don't understand the answer to a question doesn't mean that there isn't one out there. Mm. And I've just realized that it's important to realize that God's mind and his creativity and his answers are so much more complex. Like God is like above us. And I think Mm. sometimes I forget that. Mm. There's a couple of different places in Proverbs where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Mm. What Solomon is getting at is when we orient ourselves correctly towards God, we fear God, not that we're afraid of Him, but we submit ourselves to Him, we honor Him, then we're in the position to think correctly. You know, we're in the position to have our mind renewed and that fear of the Lord. Once we say, you know what, God, I will never fully understand you because your ways are so much higher than my ways. Your thoughts are so much higher than my thoughts. 
okay, now that we've got that established, I'm not God. I'm submitted mm-hmm. to God. You're higher mm-hmm. than me. Now let me start thinking about this correctly. And I think that helps a lot. And I think a lot of people who don't take that initial first step of humility end up spending a lot of time being confused and frustrated and angry because they're like, I ought to know this. One of the things that I've seen is if you take that first step of submitting yourself under God, hmm. it makes thinking about things a lot easier and you feel you know, a lot better about the process. So, Yeah, for sure. And just in that question, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I think it's an important distinction between wisdom and knowledge, and knowledge is a component of wisdom, but you can know certain empirical facts while being very foolish. Um, I think one essential part of being (laughs) wise is living your life in conformity to the reality that God has set in place. And if God is the center of the universe, you're not living your life with that truth. It's very hard to have any sort of wisdom and to live your life in conformity to the reality of the way God has made the universe. So I think that's a great point, David. Another thing that I've seen in there that some people struggle with is God made all these rules. And God doesn't want me to have fun. God doesn't allow me to do this. And But so many times God reminds us, those rules, I made those for your good. I made those because I love you. I made those because they help you, they protect you, they help you live a happier, more fulfilled life. And I think sometimes people get skewed in their thinking and they say, well, God's just trying to control me with all these rules and he's not allowing me to do the things I should be allowed to do. And God says, no, all these rules are for your good. I designed you a certain way. I know you better than you know yourself. Here's the world. Here's how it's structured. If you follow these rules, the best things happen for you. And so it's a good thing to keep in mind. We've kind of laid the foundation for, you know, what might be the most important question in this show. And that is, how do people in your generation, people in Gen Z, how do they view the world? How do they try and relate to each other? How do they relate to God? The question would be this. What do you think are the best ways to reach out to Gen Z with apologetics? And both the discipleship aspect of kind of critical thinking and understanding why you believe, what you believe, but also the equipping aspect of apologetics, which is evangelizing others. What do you guys think is the best way? There are two very common forms of evangelism that people use when they're talking to people, trying to convince them of the truth of Christianity. Well, one of them is kind of showing them their sin and making them kind of scared of judgment and hell. And while that does have its place and Christ does warn us that there is judgment coming, I think that the second method, which is kind of appealing to a sense of meaning in life, Mm -hmm. is more effective these days. And that's just what I've found with the friends that I've interacted with. Like one of my friends, for example, I was just talking with him and I can't remember how it came up, but I said something, he's not a Christian. I said something like, well, like Christianity, that's like, that's what gives my life meaning. And he said, yeah, well, I don't know what the meaning in my life is yet. Mm -hmm. And I would even argue that the whole social media movement, which is huge right now, is just a search for meaning. It's a search for finding your meaning in the approval of others. I think that's the method that I would use with most youth because honestly, young people are 
really hungry for a substantial meaning in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, to kind of add on to that, talking about how we present the gospel, I think that there is this... I think it's dangerous with our culture to have too big of a focus on sin because that just turns people away. Hmm. It should be the good news for a reason, and I think that that is often more appealing when we talk about the positive in the gospel Hmm. more. As far as just connecting with Gen Z, I don't know. I find it sometimes hard to connect with my own generation at times. <laughs> um, That's good to hear because sometimes it's hard for me in a different generation. So yeah. knowing that even within your own generation, you're like, ah, it's hard to connect. That's helpful. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's just because there are a lot of people that are closed off or mm. not mm socially as normal partly because of internet Mm. and a reliance on that for social interaction and that just isn't the same Mm. and i think that a lot of our generation is hungry for social interaction but maybe doesn't quite know as much how just because Mm. the majority is on the internet which Mm. is not the same yeah and i would say while Probably the most effective way for most young people to talk to them about faith and more important matters is by talking about meaning in life. I'd say the most important thing to keep in mind in just our relationships with young people, especially those who don't know Christ, is just showing love. Mm. And that can take various forms. But when you're talking to them, just understanding that all of them come from really different paths and some of them may come from really rough paths. Mm. And that may play a huge role in why they are the way they are. So just listening and showing them that you care may speak louder than anything you could say to them. Showing them constant love because that may not be something that they've really felt ever before in their lives Mm. or really understood. So I'd say that's the most important thing to focus on is just how do you love them like Christ would? That's going to be more important than anything you say. I'm glad you guys are bringing that up because I think some people in my generation feel like the only message they get is the the platform or the format of interacting with Gen Z. They say, well, nobody in Gen Z is on Facebook, so that's the wrong platform. You need to do Instagram. (laughs) And then now Instagram is so old that you need to use TikTok. And so people get so focused on the platform that they miss the, the real message, which is like, hey, you know, a platform is just a platform. Yeah. But the message needs to be love. It needs to be relationship. It needs to be listening. Yeah. It needs to be caring. That's a good message for us to hear because, great, even if I don't know how to do TikTok or have an account (laughs) or even know what that is, I can do the other thing. I can care. I can be sincere. I can reach out and love. Yeah, And so that's a great message. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you had to pick one tough question that you're still struggling with now what would it be yeah ironically probably the one that i still struggle with the most is actually not as much intellectual but more emotional when i look out at the world and just see okay statistically they say 33 percent of the world is christian how many of those are christian i i can't judge that sure but it seems like 
there's not very many, especially in this area. There's a lot more people who say they're Christian who aren't Christians sure. than people who genuinely follow Christ. And so sometimes it's just hard for me to really live my life like the battle is won. Hmm. And it feels like with the majority of the people I know probably not being saved or the majority of the people that I interact with, it's just hard to keep an optimistic outlook mm. while still equally caring for those people. Yeah. So I need to remember that the battle is won no matter how many people are on either side. There may be less on the winning team than the losing team, but the battle mm. is still won. But it can be a little bit discouraging for me mm. sometimes. So that's that's probably my biggest spiritual struggle right now. Huh. Let me explore that just a little bit. Is it the fact that wide is the path that leads to destruction and narrow is the path mm. that leads to, yeah. to God? And that's that in and of itself is discouraging because you're like, God, I wish most people got saved. Or is it, man, the environment that I'm in, I feel like I'm swimming against the current all the time and I'm just getting weary with so many people believing the opposite of what it's definitely the first. The second, I don't really find that that's a huge struggle to me. I don't yeah. honestly find the arguments or the things that the world say that appealing. <laughs> that, that's just me. That sure. It may be more of a struggle for sure. other people, and that's fine. But yeah, it's just seeing a lot of people that are really close mm. in my life and just knowing that I might not spend eternity with them. Well, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. How about you, Josiah? Yeah, I guess I have two kind of main questions or doubts that are on my mind currently. One is similar to David's. It's about how is it just that God would send people to hell who have no choice but to be born in sin? And the question I would clarify, it's it's not a statement. It's not saying God is unjust to send people to hell for any reason. He can be just, but I just, like, I don't really understand, like, Mm. why. So that's a question. And then another question I touched on earlier. Okay, so, like, in Genesis, we hear, like, men and women, like, co-rule creation. But, like, from the Bible, which is, like, the word of God, it's written by all men. The books are picked by all men. And that's just, like, a question. If I was a woman, I don't know how I'd feel about that. It's just teaching, like, of all men where is the woman like speaking there Mm. so i guess that's just like my question i'm not saying god is unjust to but like why would god pick all men to write his authoritative book that's good well thank you guys for being here our time is up I don't know that I have the perfect answers to any of your questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do believe, I can't remember if Jojo, if, if it was you or David who said, even though I don't know the answer, I know that there is an answer. I know that God's truth is sufficient. And so even though I may not know all the answers now, I know that God has revealed himself to a degree that is sufficient for us. Which is, in a way, it's kind of cool, like, we always have something to do, <laughs> you know, that yeah. we can always mine the Bible for more truth and more revelation, and we can always renew our minds and be conformed into the image of Christ. It kind of makes for a, an exciting adventure of a life being a Christian because you never really arrive. And yeah, so, yeah. 
I agree. These <laughs> questions keep us pursuing Christ. Like if we didn't have these questions, we might get too comfortable and stop the continual pursuit of knowledge that is an essential part of following Christ. So couldn't Amen. agree more. Amen. Well, it's great to have you guys. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having <laughs> us. Yeah. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. Now, how about you? Are you a Christian who loves Jesus and believes in the Bible and are actively serving him, but you still have doubts and questions about your faith? Do you want to learn more about God? Do you want to be better equipped to find answers in the Bible and explain your faith to others? Visit our website at theambassadorsforum.com for lots of great resources and suggestions. Also, we are having our annual apologetics training conference right now, October 9th, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's not too late to join us at theambassadorsforum.com to register. It is totally online and totally free. We have lots of great speakers covering topics like critical social justice, biblical worldview, atheist arguments against the Bible, science, philosophy, and more, all from a biblical perspective. Perhaps the best part of our conference is that you will have lots of opportunities to engage with the speakers directly through our many question and answer forums. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 